You know, I think economic and workforce development is a team sport. And I think when I think of the future of work, I think all of us are engaged in this work. And I don't think Larry Holt or Stephen or LADC has any lock on ideas. I do think, you know, we're focused on what I would consider sustained, proven strategies for growing our economy. But I want to make this open source. You know, I want to hear from our listeners on what are the areas of opportunity that you see. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Vice President of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships, and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us. You, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of Work. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Future of Work podcast. I am your host, Salvatrice Kumo. Today, we'll be talking about economic and workforce development, a subject near and dear to my heart, of course, and what the most pressing issues the LA area is facing in this space. We'll be discussing what strategies we should be implementing in our own organizations to better prepare the workforce. With that said, we would like to welcome Larry Holt, Vice President of Economic and Workforce Development at the Los Angeles County Economic Development Corporation. Larry is a national top 50 economic development executive who has proven his ability to translate the needs of governments, citizens, and businesses. He is driven to create business and social impact through creativity, innovation, and strategic relationships within his new role at the LADC. Thank you for joining us today. Larry, welcome. Good morning, Salvatrice. Thank you so much for having me this morning. You bet. You know, I have so many questions for you today. (laughs) And this may be one of a few episodes that we do because economic and workforce development is so big and fluid and evolving and ever-changing. So if okay with you, let's just dive right on in and get started. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's just start with the fact that your background is so impressive and I want to spend some time talking about that. So if you could tell us a little bit about your history and why this space of economic and workforce development continues to be such of interest to you. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for allowing me to be on the podcast this morning. So in terms of my background, let's get the couple of obvious things out of the way. I'm a gay man from Alabama, so that's why you hear a Southern accent. Mm-hmm. So I may even get a y'all or two in there. <laughs> I began my career in the Southeast and have gotten to work all over the country, really. 
and so really gotten to live a lot of my dreams. But, you know, I think today we think in terms of how our communities are different, but I can tell you that one thing I've seen from Alabama to Washington State is that people care about the future of their communities. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I believe economic and workforce development is so important to communities all across the USA. And I feel very fortunate that I've gotten to do work which allows me to shape the future for the communities I've had the privilege of serving. And so I'm a new Californian. Nice. Welcome. I know. (laughs) The weather is so amazing. Like people get mad at clouds and I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, y'all, this is pretty good, you know? <laughs> so as I'm watching my friends send me pictures of snow-covered Texas today, so oh, dear. I couldn't be happier to be here and to get to know community members across Los Angeles County. As we work to shape, you know, what LADC's mission is of a reimagined Los Angeles economy. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'd also like to share that you just started a few months ago here. Okay. So brand new, brand new. new. So let's really kind of acknowledge that and honor that because I met you at the very, very tail end of last year at the Christmas party at the Christmas party. And we had a blast, right? We had a blast. It was a lot of fun. And I was really intrigued by your background and you know, your vision for economic and workforce development through the lens of LADC. So tell me, how has it been since the last time we met? You know, how have you gotten your bearings around LA? And LA is ginormous, if that's even a word, right? It's huge. It's huge. And so where do you start in these first few months? Wow. Yeah. So how do you boil the ocean? (laughs) That's a good analogy. Things have progressed nicely, I would share. So some of the work I've been doing in the initial stages here is really focusing on LADC strategic plan developed with many, many members of our community and many great professionals in the workforce and economic development fields mm-hmm. already working here. And, you know, we're about midway on that plan. So I think maybe it would be helpful if I shared some high-level thoughts about mm-hmm. where we're going, which is LADC has a human-centered economic development approach. And so What I mean by that is if you think about how economic and workforce development systems tend to operate in most of the country, it's around, you know, they're kind of overly business focused, I might say. And, you know, let's just focus on growth as opposed to why don't we focus on the whole system? Why don't we really start as a premise that, you know, what's going to drive meaningful pathways for our citizens, for our small businesses, for our underserved and distressed communities. Realizing that economic growth is a great driver for some of those DEI goals that we want to see happen in our community. So in terms of, you know, what I've been able to unpack so far and as a check-in from our last meeting, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the work I've been doing and, and seeing what our progress looks like and where we're going. And just to elaborate a little bit, you know, I talked about kind of the problems in other communities. And we have problems too, right? So when I think about LA County, I was looking at job growth numbers, right? Just a real simple Mm -hmm. metric. And, you know, LA has been hit really hard by the pandemic. And, you know, out of 190 communities, we are about 141st in being back to 2019 job numbers. So C minus, 
maybe D plus. So there's a lot of work to do, but I'm encouraged incredibly by the great support I see across our workforce and economic development partnerships and partners. Nice. Using the human-centered, is that what you called it? A human-centered approach to economic and workforce development. That's right. That's right. Yes. Okay, got that right. I love that concept. <laughs> Using that framework. Yes. In, again, the short time that you've been here, you know, you spoke briefly about the job gap and the need for revitalizing and bringing our employment back to the numbers that it was, that it was back in 2019. Is there, I should say, one issue that stands out to you loud and clear using that human-centered approach to economic and workforce development? I think the one issue that really stands out to me, and it's neither positive nor negative, but just mostly an observation, is we've got a lot of systems, but are we as leaders really being intentional and doing the work it takes to achieve that alignment? And I think there is a lot of collaboration that takes place within L.A. County. But again, a data point is L.A. has the highest poverty rate in the state of California. You right. know? So we've got to take that seriously and really redouble our efforts to ensure the greatest possible alignment to deliver on those sustainable, equitable goals that I know are key to what our organization is trying to accomplish and many of our other partners as well. So, you know, we can't afford silos. You know, we can't. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's an area that I'm particularly passionate about is that sort of intentionality. And at the beginning, you referenced an ability to translate. And I think it's incumbent on all of us to try and be translation pros, right? Because right. translation to me is a key hallmark of leadership. And that's how we bring people into the conversation. So, mm. you know, we're all guilty of jargon. You know, that's right. That's right. Just because our work is kind of specialized, but sometimes that language does not serve our communities in terms of being translated so everybody understands and can take part and be visible and be a part of the conversation in a reimagined Los Angeles. Right. And it leads me to think about too is one of you know the topics I always like to talk about and I haven't been really successful at unpacking is system alignment and our systems don't talk to each other, let alone the jargon that we use to our communities and the stakeholders at large. And, you know, we are in a real unique space right now with emerging leaders like yourself and I and Stephen and with Kelly LeBlanco. And like, there's a lot of us kind of in this space that are new and emerging leaders. I think that now is really the time to do what you just said is alignment with our systems, alignment with our language, alignment with our programs, alignment, alignment, alignment. So I love that concept and that process. Well, because we're trying to achieve scale, right? right. This is right. a workforce of 5 million people we can't come up with, you know, boutique programs that only serve even the most underserved communities. We need to achieve that scale, mm -hmm. and that's going to take alignment. You did just mention all my favorite people. In the I know. They're all my favorite people, too. <laughs> you know, I moved here because of Stephen, you know. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, for a lot of reasons. I did have some family in California. Sure. I love California. Where is Superior State? Larry? <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. You it's know? True. But, you know, there's a lot of problems, too. But I guess I'm someone that's embraced challenges sure. in, in my career. I've worked in Oregon and Washington and now California. So mm -hmm. I've worked up and down the West Coast and believe I do have some insights into where our challenges are and where our opportunities are. So yeah. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited by Stephen's vision. I may be kind of inferring 
some of what your question was on let's continue to unpack how do we so we know we can't silo you know we know we need to build systems that scale how do we do that and so that's where I think Stephen's vision of a five pillars approach right. is so valuable and let me kind of share about that and yeah you know, where LADC is going is breaking down our own silos. So we want to eat our own dog food here. There you go. And so we want our internal systems of our Institute for Applied Economics, which is our research team, our business assistance team, our workforce development team, our foreign direct investment and attraction piece, and finally to feed into our cluster development piece. So I've kind of outlined the five key tactics we'll utilize to break down those systems, but let me tell you why I'm excited about it and, you know, why I think it's scalable. So there's work happening along the economic and workforce development continuum within all of those individual pillars. Where our opportunity is, is all of those act as inputs for gaining market intelligence. So our workforce development systems can be interacting with our friends in the LA Research Consortium. Our business assistance team can be gathering market intel from our supply chain, from our small businesses, from our historically underutilized businesses. And finally, our cluster and FDI pieces can be getting real-world and actionable intelligence from industry. And that can all be fed back into our research week to really refine and bring about research that allows us to continue the work of building scalable programs that center our communities at the heart of that. So, right. I mean, that's really exciting to me, sure you know, and I'll kind of pick on my industry a little bit. You know, what I love about it as well is it's a sustainable proven model, mm-hmm. you know, and too often in our fields, I know workforce development doesn't chase fads, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, economic development can get excited by the new shiny object, but that's we right. have decades and decades of experience showing that a cluster-based approach is really how you build up a workforce, supply chains, and an industry where you begin to have place-based advantages. Place-based advantages is a really key, important concept for all of us in economic and workforce development. Now, for those who don't understand, what does that mean? So as we think about, you know, occupations and pathways and careers and investment attraction opportunities, one of the things we really at LADC want to have a keen eye on is, you know, where do we have advantages? And let me use an example of not just where do we have advantages, but where are the industries that offer meaningful pathways for our citizens and have extensive supply chains so that can have additional money velocity throughout our economy for the small business community as well. This is in an essence how economies work and how we can shape our future here in Los Angeles. So when I think about place-based advantages, I mean some of the obvious ones where we do have place-based advantages are media, digital media, creativity, that continuum. So, you know, clearly Los Angeles has seen a lot of money velocity out of our historic hub as the entertainment center of the world. You know, there's other industries like aerospace with deep, deep supply chains and that offer amazing career pathways to our citizens. And finally, an emerging industry that we think a lot about is the biotech industry, where I believe the numbers like around 60% of the jobs don't require a bachelor's degree. The great thing there is with biotech is that's university driven as well. So how do we loop in our higher ed partners to really create an ecosystem? I can give you a negative example. 
too. Okay, yeah, please do. So just to illuminate this and unpack it a little more. Yeah. There's a lot of financial services in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Financial services is an industry with good paying jobs. But what are LA's advantages for the financial services industry? Or put more directly, you know, what does LA have to offer that Phoenix doesn't? So, you know, that's just me being real. And so perhaps that negative example really illuminates what we're looking for when we think about where do we have inherent place-based advantages. So to drill that down even further, you know, you look at biotech and you look at all the NIH dollars coming into UCLA that Mm -hmm. continue to drive the research ecosystem. Again, higher ed with aerospace and Caltech and the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. You know, nobody else has that. And then, you know, Hollywood, maybe we take it for granted. I don't know. I still get excited (laughs) seeing the Hollywood sign, you know. That Hollywood sign offers a lot of opportunity, I think, for creatives and entrepreneurship, too. You know, I mean, in our worlds of economic and workforce development, you know, we tend to think a lot in terms of careers, right? And, you know, maybe a more nine-to-five oriented approach. But in media, a lot of those jobs work for people that, with the requisite skills, really desire flexibility careers and can contract for digital designers and digital entertainers of the world. So one of the things that's interesting to me is that flexibility because we know, you know, we have a lot of working parents out there. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, how do we think broadly about what our customers are? So again, I'm probably talking too long, but I get really excited about this. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And I'd like to really kind of underscore what you just said about entrepreneurship. And if there's one thing that this pandemic taught us is the flexibility and is, you know, the ability to just transform. And I think now just being in the space for as long as I have, you know, entrepreneurship has always been its own bucket, you know, we've categorized it as its own thing where we should be saying is that it's threaded throughout. It's not its own thing. And every industry has its element of entrepreneurship. And so let's amplify that. That's how I think. But that brings up issues around the digital divide, right? And so LADC is doing a lot of work there because we can go, it's great. There's all these new digital opportunities, but some of our citizens don't have the tools, you know. And, you know, just Mm -hmm. recently we were dealing with, you know, an initiative here in L.A. County and there was an idea of getting computers for some of our underserved communities. And I'm so proud of our team for going, well, that's great, but... You know, there's no Wi-Fi attached with that computer. So how do we continue to push ourselves to think about whole systems, but really want to circle back and underline that entrepreneurship component? Because I agree with you. You know, I do feel like sometimes it's seen as its own system, but, you know, we can't be short-sighted and think about it like that because the U.S. economy is changing. It continues to change, and we're working on occupations that didn't even exist when we were growing up, you know. And that's right. That's great. That economic growth, really, again, I believe all of our goals around shared prosperity, they depend on people having those opportunities. And sometimes they're in entrepreneurship, you know, sometimes they're in apprenticeships, sometimes they're in full time careers. So, how do we think about that continuum to success? Right. Speaking of shared prosperity, you got me thinking about. Shared prosperity and opportunities, like those phrases together are really, really strong and impactful and have a lot of meaning to them. And I think about our issue of homelessness in LA and just in our state, but specifically in LA because we're talking about it and the access to job opportunities 
for them and other wraparound services, you know, from your experience and what you've seen, where do we need to kind of spend our time in ensuring that economic and workforce development agencies like ourselves are a solution provider for that community so that we are living true to these shared prosperity? That's a really tough question. There are communities that have had some success, though. Why don't we just stipulate that I'm optimistic? It's a heartbreaking story, but there are communities like Salt Lake City in Houston, Texas. Many have seen the LA Times article kind of comparing LA and Houston's continuum, and Houston's done an amazing job in really moving homeless into permanent supportive housing. So that's great, and those are elected-level decisions. In our own worlds of economic and workforce development, here's how I think about it, which is truly we're talking about housing affordability, right? And so how do we, in economic and workforce development, impact housing affordability? Well, housing affordability is two issues that are distinct and joint. It's the price of housing, right? But it's also incomes. And so do we in the economic and workforce development world, this goes back to everything we've been talking about, which is, you know, we've really got to work to break down our own internal and external silos so we can achieve the collaboration that can drive true income growth and shared prosperity for our citizens. So that, to me, is where we can have an impact on reducing homelessness in our community. You know, it'd be crazy to say we don't have a world in it because we absolutely do. And we're on the side of working on driving income growth for our communities and that shared prosperity we were just talking about. Right. And I do believe that kind of going back to what we discussed earlier, that that alignment is what's going to get us there. The alignment between our agencies or higher ed and other entities that foster economic workforce development or that our practitioners within this space are going to help solve that. I don't see that as a one organization solution. You know, 100%. And that's a joke if any of my friends are listening to this because I've, I've noticed Californians <laughs> say 100% a lot. So that's my own little California <laughs> dropping in there. So, you know, not just alignment and a shared vision, but I think the final piece to that, Salvatrice, is a sustained effort. And I think that is an issue that plagues economic and workforce development groups throughout the U.S. You know, so I'm, I'm certainly not picking on California or L.A., but a lot of times in our field, stop me if you've heard this one before, you know, we, we get all excited about, oh, I don't know, coding. You know, so a lot of resources in our world go into coding schools, and it's kind of the latest, greatest thing. And I think we have to work on really sustained initiatives. And that's around, you know, our model, LADC's model, is around traded sector industries. And I'm sure our audience is familiar with traded sector, but really, this is a very simple economics concept. You have companies that provide goods and services locally, meaning grocery stores are everywhere, right? right? And then you have companies that produce goods and services for external consumption, and that's Hollywood, right? So people from all over the world purchase digital media, purchase software related to entertainment, and purchase entertainment. And those dollars come in to Los Angeles County. So that's what we refer to as traded sector. And there's a long list of traded sector industries. But we do know absolutely from a top-down point of view that growing trade, and that's not just imports and exports, but really growing our industries that provide these goods and services anywhere outside of California, that's going to increase that velocity of money for us. 
I love that term, velocity of money. I wrote it down. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to keep using it too. I love it. I love it. It's so okay. good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do, right? The right. growing trade with the outside world brings in new dollars, right? New money into our economy that is spent on local goods and services. And, you know, the other piece of this that we're trying to do is, and all of us are trying to reduce what you might refer to as bad money. And what is bad money? You know, bad money is people dropping out. Bad money is people moving out of California because they can't afford it, or worse yet, people falling into homelessness. So economic and workforce development is a whole system. We are taking a human-centered as well as a top-down approach, which is focused on, you know, the needs of our citizens and taking the approach of focusing on driving trade and reducing system dropouts. So that's our five-pillar approach in a real simple model. Well, now might be a good time to ask my favorite question that I ask every guest. And that is, look, this is a future of work podcast. Okay. Okay, So we're reframing it, right? We're reminding ourselves. If you had to share one thing that you want our listeners to better understand, right, about this topic and how it impacts their future, what would that be? Wow. It's a big one, right? Yeah, that's a really big question. Well, you know, I think economic and workforce development is a team sport. And I think when I think of the future of work, I think all of us are engaged in this work. And I don't think Larry Holt or Stephen or LADC has any lock on ideas. I do think, you know, we're focused on what I would consider sustained proven strategies for growing our economy, but I want to make this open source. You know, I want to hear from our listeners on what are the areas of opportunity that you see. And so, you know, we certainly have our insights and gosh, there's a lot of ways to plug in here with our team, but I'll circle back to one of the things I love about California, which is ideas are so valuable here. Mm-hmm. So I am open to ideas, and I think California is open to ideas. And maybe that's just a way of me kind of explaining my excitement about being here. And, you know, I mean, we've all kind of been to those places that are like, oh, we don't have anything to learn from Seattle or Amsterdam, you know, or Salt Lake City, you know, for that matter. But I think one of California's great advantages is being open. So I want to open source this and share anybody that wants to reach out to me, feel free. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like you and I have some chit-chatting to do further after this and do some alignment and strategy work, right? I remember at the Christmas party, you and I were like going, yeah, this needs work. There is certainly (laughs) a ton of synergy there for sure, for sure. That's right. But this is what I love about it. There's never a dull moment. Well, there's never a done either. That's right. That's right. I love that. There's never a done. Well, sadly, our <laughs> our time here has come to sunset a little bit. And I know that this is going to be an evolving conversation with you and myself and other leaders and professionals in this space. And for those who are listening, Larry, and who want to connect with you, what would be the best way they can connect with you? And we'll be sure to enter those in the show notes. Yeah. Well, I'm on Twitter at LF Holt. I'm on LinkedIn as well. You know, feel free to email me directly at larry.holt at ladc.org. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and we'll chat soon. Well, this was fun. Thank you for the invite. I You're very, very welcome. I love talking about the great things we're all doing. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast. 
Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things Future of Work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.